You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about buying books from used bookstores. That's You can do that online still. Don't worry. We're going to talk you through it. The pros and cons, <laughs> pluses and minuses. Uh, and we're testing out some really weird book tech. Y'all sent us some amazing things. Um, oh, boy. We're very excited to discuss. <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? I am reading a book I think you have already read and maybe even talked about on the show. It is... Um, Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby. Oh, I love her. Yeah. I love this book so much. It's great. It's fantastic. It's a book of essays. Um, it's exactly what I need right now because I'm, I had, I, I've had a busy week, shockingly busy for a quarantine week, a couple weeks because I have multiple things that I'm trying to juggle and I'm working really crazy long hours, even though they're all from my couch. So it just feels like I'm in this non-ending loop. Uh, but uh, it's been cool because I can turn to Samantha Irby, who is very funny. This is the perfect book also to just put on your phone. Um, and you're, if you're waiting somewhere, you can read a chapter or something because you can like dive in and dive out. And, and basically she talks about being a woman around 40 years old ish and all of the things that go along with that, making adult friends, uh, periods, um, all sorts of really, really funny shit. Uh, she's very poignant. She's so funny, like laugh out loud funny. She does a whole um, chapter about uh, a mixtape that she would make right now with all songs from the 90s. And I, she and I are very close to the same age. And so all of them, like, it really hit home for me. And it's fucking hilarious. I know you loved it. Uh, I know, I know uh, you, I love you think her. she's so funny. And she's perfect for reading in quarantine because she's like the patron saint of being inside. Yeah. Like she is an indoor kid for sure. So it is kind of nice because it makes you feel a little bit better about being inside. And her, it's really funny because she's always making the jokes about her wife because her wife is the total opposite, like building a chicken coop outside and hiking and like, you know, picking blueberries to make fresh muffins with. And Samantha Irby's like, fuck you. I'm sitting in the dark in my sweatpants and watching TV. <laughs> it's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's so it's good. amazing. She's, she's so funny. It's it, like I said, perfect thing to just like dive in and out of. It, it's great. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, so I am reading a book that I think you will really like, uh, and it might be my last, the last physical arc we ever get because, wow. uh, so many folks are switching over to e-arcs now because of the quarantine, which is probably a good thing. It's better for the environment, but it's like my last physical arc. And the only reason I have it is because me and this author share the same editor at Hanover Square Press. So I was really excited. Uh, and my editor, Peter Joseph, sent this to me. He's like, I think you're going to like this. And he is right. It is The Bright Lands by John Fram. And it is the best way I can put it is it's Friday Night Lights meets Megan Abbott. Wow. Okay. It is like a... Sm- small town secrets football high school drama mixed with like horror thriller like it is i'm literally adding this to my list right now what is it called again and oh bria last part it takes place in a small texas town oh my god what 
what is it called again? The Brightlands by John Fram. And this is John Fram's first novel. This book comes out next week from when this episode comes out. It comes out July 7th. So definitely pre-order this. Uh, It is amazing. So it's about the the main character is this man and he's almost 30 and he lives in Manhattan and he has this very, I'm not super far into it, but this is what I know so far. He makes a lot of money in in New York City, but he comes from this tiny town in Texas uh, where He's very happy to not be anymore because it is not easy to be a gay man in the small town in Texas. But he ends up getting this text from his little brother who still lives in this town with his mother. And he is on the is like the star player on the football team. And his little brother texts him like that something's wrong, like some he's something bad is happening. He's real. He's unhappy. Something something's wrong. So he panics and buys a ticket back to this hometown that he's not been back to in like 10 years and immediately gets there. And it's one of those books that's from like multiple POVs on this situation. So you have like the a police officer who used to be friends with the main character when they were in high school and she was his own, the only girlfriend he had or ever had before coming out and like some of the members of the football team and one of the cheerleaders and like you know some shit is about to fucking happen some dark scary stuff um and it's so it's, it's like a perfect amalgamation of like small town secrets and like teen high school drama and like queer kid returning to this small town it's just like oh my god it's so good so far so that is uh the bright lands by john fram and mine is wow no thank you by smith arby So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Karen wrote in about concentrating on reading in these chaotic times. I appreciated your advice on how to improve concentration. Recently, I devoured the Hunger Games prequel and I'm having trouble processing the contents of the book. I think that if I were in a better headspace, I would be able to really process it and appreciate it like I want to. In spite of struggling, I found that returning to fan fiction is really helping me engage with characters that I miss and Hmm. find comfort in. It's easier to digest and not as overwhelming as a whole book. That is a hot book tip, Karen. That is. That actually makes a lot of sense to me because you already know the characters. So you're just kind of like revisiting the world or something. And I think that is, yeah. uh, that totally makes sense to me. Um, Casey wrote in, I think it would be awesome if you guys mentioned No Names Book Club on your podcast. It's a book club founded by a female raptor, No Name, and it features books written by black and POC authors. Um, they also raise funds for incarcerated persons. They have six chapters across the U.S. and host free meetups to discuss the material. I really hope you'll consider sharing this information. Here's the website, which is nonamebooks.com. Thank you, Casey. I think people would really like that. And we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Angie wrote in about romance novels. I'm an asexual woman, and I completely agree that horny romances are funny, but for very different reasons. For me, it's more like, do aloe people really think and feel like this? This is ridiculous and hilarious. Of course, this is all from an outsider's perspective, and I'm not laughing at those thoughts and feelings because they're valid, but they do make for an interesting and enlightening reading experience. I had not considered that, how how much, like more funny that would make those situations but that is incredible you are allowed listen i know you're not i know that um angie's not writing in to laugh at those feelings but also it is okay to laugh at horniness a little bit like it's okay we're not laughing at them because they're horny we're laughing because horniness is funny Yeah. So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about buying books at used bookstores, we're going to take a quick break. 
a glassers right now the job market is a mess whether you're looking for a new opportunity or you want to make yourself a stronger candidate for promotion or hire business skills are going to help you get to the next step the university of toronto rotman school of management is one of the best schools in canada and the world ranked number 17 for open enrollment executive education by the financial times and they are sponsoring reading glasses today. So if you live in the United States, don't forget the price is in Canadian dollars. Uh, and the exchange rate works in your favor, meaning the U.S. dollar price is lower. And if you don't have time or money for an MBA, Rotman's MBA Essentials Online is the next best thing. It'll help you out. Look, if you, need, you think you may need an MBA to be a stronger candidate right now in the job world... This is a great way to do it. And if you were stuck at home in quarantine and you're, you know, we all started quarantine wanting to learn a new language or learn something to do. If you've always wanted to step it up in the business world, maybe make steps towards getting a business degree. This is the perfect time. This is the perfect thing. Rotman's MBA Essentials Online is, is the thing for you. So you can visit uofte.me slash maxfun, uofte.me slash maxfun to learn more and apply. The classes start August 10th this year, 2020. You can start your application today to save your seat. That's uofte.me slash maxfun. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to but you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It, it's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Ona Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. week we get a lot of listener questions about used bookstores and whether or not buying books for them is okay and the answer to that question is a lot more complicated than you think wow really it is much more complicated um i have some used bookstore facts half price books always ready is, for facts is uh a used bookstore that we know of and it is the third largest bookstore chain in america which really surprised I me i did not know it was that big yeah, um, used bookstores, um, you know, I, when I, I, we've talked about like, the history of Amazon and basically how uh, we, everyone was like, bookstores are going to go under. But they actually had a huge comeback in the 2000s. Um, and people sort of credit it with, um, first of all, bookstore people love book. Book people love used bookstores. But also they can compete with Amazon prices, unlike a lot of new bookstores. And baby boomers uh, started downsizing in the 2000s. Um, Downsizing in the ways of just general downsizing or divorce or death. Those things all help <laughs> out used bookstores, surprisingly. That is very funny. I just imagine like people who working at a used bookstore, like with like dressed as the Grim Reaper, just like straight up murdering people to get to their book collections. It's it's quite literally the three D's. Are you downsizing, divorcing, or did someone die? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh so first off 
it all depends on what somebody means by okay. Uh, there are a lot of places to buy books, either used books or new books. Uh, there's a lot of things that your dollars may or may not be doing when you buy that book. Uh, so if by okay, you mean support the author, gotta tell you folks, there are no places that you can buy a used book that will do that. That's just how it is. Only by buying a new book will that money go to the publisher and by extension, the author. Uh, a lot of folks ask me, what's the best place to buy your book? And the answer it, technically is that if you're buying a new copy of it somewhere, anywhere, I get the same amount of money, whether it's Amazon or Barnes & Noble or an indie bookstore. Uh, myself and most authors I know prefer that you buy it from an indie bookstore because indie bookstores contribute to the overall bookish community uh, and support authors in a way that Amazon does not. Uh, if you want to listen to the indie bookstores episode of Reading Glasses, you can find out more about that. But yeah, you just it, like if you just think about it logically, buying a used book, like there's no way for that money to get to a publisher, you know? Right. And so we've talked about this in past episodes, but if there's an author whose book you are needing or wanting and you don't want to, don't want to support that author, hey, this is a way I guess you can go and do that. Yes. Cuz uh, you I, know, I know the- it, it seems weird, but buying it, getting a book from a library actually supports an author better than buying a used copy of it. Right, because as we talked about in the past, with uh, books, even books from the library, eventually they're going to go out of circulation and they're going to replace that book if people have been checking it out, even if it's an ebook. So, like any way, when you support, some, when you buy, when you check out books from the library, you actually are supporting that author in a very minute way. But they still will eventually possibly see some of that money. But from a used bookstore, they see nothing. Uh, so let that dictate how you how you're buying your books. Yes. Um. That, all that being said, if you're looking to buy a book from an author that is dead or you're a collector or something like that, this is also a good thing to think about because, you know, the, the author's not going to get the money anyway. Go ahead and buy it used. If, you're, if you don't really, if you're not concerned about the author getting some of your dollars, then, then buying from a used bookstore is a good way. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of places to buy used books and they are not all equal. Uh, there's a lot of indie bookstores that sell both used and new books. Uh, buying from them obviously supports the store. So yay, that is a great place. I know uh, it's a bunch of uh, bookstores here in Los Angeles that do that. One of our local ones, got, um, The Last Bookstore in downtown LA sells both new and used. Uh, one of my favorites, Bart's Books in Ojai, also sells um, new books and used books. Uh, so there, you know, there, there's tons of bookstores that do both library books sales support libraries. So yay for that too. You know, when you see like the friends of the library, uh, book sale and you could buy a book for like every used book is a dollar. Like that helps the library and that, that is good to do. There are lots of online outlets that sell both, uh, new and used books. And for those it's important, really, really important to think about what the money is supporting and where those used books are coming from. So Mallory, I know what people are thinking. They're like, I go to Amazon sometimes and you see that you can buy a used book from Amazon. How do we feel about that? Where's that money going? Talk us through that. Yes. So that has actually, we we get a lot of emails about that. Uh, People being confused of like, well, I know I'm buying it off of Amazon, but I'm buying it through a third party seller. Is what's the ethics of that? And yes, that is confusing. It is designed to be that way. Um, it's none of this is straightforward. So yes, some of the when you buy a used bookstore, used book off Amazon, that's like through a, a used bookstore, or some sort of third party outlet. Yes, some of that money is going to that used bookstore, but also, yes, some of it is going to Amazon. So it's definitely not the best way to buy a book. Um, you know, we've all seen. We don't need to. We've done a whole episode on indie bookstores. We don't need to explain to you why 
Amazon is not great, not a great place to buy from. So yes, uh, half price books sells both new and used books. And they, and also I didn't, I just had no idea they were so big. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and the, in half price books sources, their used books from a bunch of different places. So again, some of your money is going to that used bookstore, but some of it is going to half price books, which is a bit better than Amazon. But some of those books that you're buying come from places like Goodwill, which has a very questionable history, Salvation Army, which is not great. Like there's, uh, folks, you can Google all these things. This, this episode would be two hours long if we went into the questionable morals of Amazon and Salvation Army and Goodwill. But yeah, so you have to have to remember like where these books are coming from. Yeah. And and just like a note about thrift stores in general, they can be good finds. And I think of them, you can think of them as good places to find used books if you are looking for them. Um, especially like there's a there's some cool thrift stores I know here in Los Angeles, like um uh, out of the closet and places like that where the money goes to specific communities. Um uh not that we're all going to a lot of thrift stores right now, but it is is a good place. A member of my D and D group just found a bunch of free Scientology books outside of his used his his uh, thrift store, and um, he's always wanted them. So he was like, "Yeah, this is a good way for me to to get these," uh, <laughs> which I thought that was great. He wanted to read those Scientology books. He was wondering what was in them. Great, cheap, doesn't go straight to Scientology. Supported his local thrift store. Wonderful. Yeah, like that's definitely a thing. Not all thrift stores are created equal. Definitely suggest doing some Googling. We're going to be suggesting a lot of Googling during this episode. Things are very complicated, folks. Capitalism makes the world very complicated for all of us. It sure does. And if we're going to talk about complicated, I'm just going to throw this in there. We have to talk environmental concerns as well when it comes to used bookstores because we all love books. You're listening to a book podcast. And we should eventually do a whole episode about this, Mallory, I think, where we talk about the yes. environmental impacts of, impact of books because I went down the longest rabbit hole in the world about e-readers versus print books versus used books for environmental reasons. Printing new print books uh, mean, means we cut down 30 million trees per year, which is a lot of trees. Woof. Landfills are 26% paper. So, you know, library books, recycled books, reading on your e-device e that you already own, although there's a whole thing about those going into landfills as well. This does help the environment, but so does particularly use books. And um, there's been um, articles and research, and we can link to these, about um, whether or not it's better to buy a used book from a place that has to ship it to you, so then you're going to have CO2 concerns, right? Or a new one from your local bookstore. And it does seem like actually um, used books, depending on where it's coming from, but used books from being shipped to you is is still better for the environment. Um, unless the book is recycled, and that's a whole other thing, and then it's about equal. But uh, yeah, so environmental concerns aside, I mean, used books, it, this is all very complicated, but just to throw it out there, used books are better for the environment in general. Yes, they also smell really good, as we all know. I think there's <laughs> a particular type of chemical substance in paper called vanillin, I believe, and because literally when it breaks down, it smells kind of like vanilla. That's that used bookstore smell that we all like, unless mm -hmm. the used bookstore or unless the used book is from a house that has cats or they smoke or I don't know. Right. What else would make your house smell gross? I really like, hate a stinky like, well, if they got like water on it or something, but I hate like a smoky yeah, smelling house. book. Like that smoke Ugh. smell like does not come out. Yeah, it's gross. Um, so before we talk more about individual used bookstores, we're going to take a quick break.
video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a brand new podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Okay, we're back and we're looking into some of the main big used online bookstore retailers. Um, so one of the biggest ones is Abe Books. And you see that come come up a lot. A lot of people buy from them. They're like one of the top results when you're looking for used books online. Uh, but they're owned by Amazon. <laughs> so if you are... <laughs> it's like a Scooby-Doo episode where you like take wah, off the mask wah. of eight books and it's Amazon's underneath and you're it's like, just, oh, dang. It's Mr. It's Jeff Bezos behind the mask. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't have gone away with it if it were for you meddling book podcast. Old man Abe turns out to be Jeff Bezos the whole time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, well, I'll skip on Amazon and I'll go from age book. I'll, I'll skip Amazon and I'll buy something through a books, but that's not solving any problems because that money is ultimately also going to Amazon. A lot of companies are owned by Amazon. Remember, Goodreads is owned by Amazon. There's a lot of things, uh, that ended up benefiting Amazon in some way. Yeah, um, another thrift books is not owned by Amazon, which is cool, but it does source its used books from places like the Salvation Army, which is very anti-LGBTQ. Um, that's very frustrating. Yes, it is. We know. Um, bookshop.org, however, has begun um, selling used books from used bookstores, which we really like. And um, we, the, those go, the money from that, we've already talked you through this, but it goes directly to support local, in, support indie bookstores. Uh, and we use them for all of our links. So we like bookshop.org. As far as we can tell, they have not <laughs> given tons of money to any like major anti-trans campaign so far. <laughs> oh, I am so terrified that one day we're going to wake up and be like, the owner of bookshop.org is a serial killer who like yeah. feeds people to the sewer alligators. I'm just <laughs> like, oh God. And we're like, well, um, at least it's better than Amazon. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are I, we get we've also gotten a few emails from people who are like what oh what i do when i'm like hunting down a particular rare book or i'm a collector of a certain kind of book uh and you don't have an indie new used bookstore that you like you know do your best to do the most good maybe check ebay to see if you can buy that particular book from an individual person uh Yes, this is all frustrating. It is very annoying. <laughs> yes, it is. And time-consuming. You can just buy with one click at Amazon, which is so much fucking easier. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that they made it easy and put your credit card in there and save it. it but if you want to make good change in the world, you have to start voting with your dollars. And part of being a good literary citizen is thinking about where your book buying dollars go. And if you want them to go to these publishing companies and these authors, um, or even just from cool used bookstores or people selling their shit on eBay, which I'm down with, uh, you know, think about that when, when you're buying a book. Often Mallory and I make the point that you really never need, there's very few book emergencies as far as I can tell. Yes. 
There's very few. Yes. And if you can't, you know, I mean, there, th- then you can think about an e-reader or something. Because what's interesting, um, Mallory, is that I looked up to see if I could get a book on my e-reader through Bookshop and it can. I could, whatever book I was looking for. But I'm not sure where it was coming from. I'll look into that. Yeah, I'll delete they, this. It, they, there's a, no, no, no. Actually, we're going to be talking about that on a future episode, I think. They have a particular app uh i forget what it's called we're, and we're going to go into this again at some point in, in very soon in the future but they have their own particular app uh that is that does ebooks and i've uh, i won't spoil us going into it but i've done research and apparently it's fine app app works fine yeah trust me i know all this stuff is really difficult uh at most publishers there's literally an in-house representative from amazon uh, when both my hardcover and my paperback for Lady from the Black Lagoon came out, my publisher asked me to change things in my social media profile to make it easier to, to promote my books via Amazon and link to the Amazon pre-order page. Like they specifically right. asked me that. I remember, um, I forget, I can't remember who at my publisher asked me, but somebody was like, hey, can you, they, they wanted me to like change the wording of something in my Instagram bio so it would make it better. And like as a full-time author, I like paying my bills. You know, I'm not going to tell my <laughs> publisher, no, I'm not going to do this thing that will help me feed my cats. Yeah. Uh, even though like, yes, I would prefer thing like people to buy stuff from indie bookstores, but like, I get it. It's tough. Uh, luckily right now, bookshop.org will hopefully start to topple Amazon's hold on the book community. Uh, and as an author, this is why I love doing events at indie bookstores or having indie bookstores sell at my events. And it's why it's extra important for me as a book buyer to make sure my money supports bookstores. You know, Amazon has done a lot of, has changed the the book industry so profoundly. We, again, that's another whole episode. Um, but it's also one of those things where like, it's tough as an author or it's tough as a reader to do, uh, to make change, but you just gotta do, everyone's gotta do their best. Mm-hmm. You know, all yeah. the used bookstores, all the used books I buy, um, are from new and used bookstores that I love. And I have a whole system of most of the used books I end up buying are like big, buzzy backlist books. The triple B, the triple B, <laughs> the triple, the four, four B's, B's big, buzzy backlist books. <laughs> yes. Uh, Someone who has that buy... thing where like they like to hear certain noises. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> oh, the ASMR people. Yeah, they do. They like bees because we just gave them a whole, a whole big, little tingle sensation. Books. I don't think bees are one of the things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I because I, I do like buying used books because they are cheaper and it is good for the environment. And I have a whole thing where I'm like a, a book, like. The life cycle of a book for me is like a book comes out and if I really want it or really want to support the author, I've already pre-ordered it. I've bought it the week that it comes out. And if I like am interested in buying it, but not enough to buy it the hardcover, I'm like, oh, I'll buy it when the paperback. And when the paperback comes out, if I'm still not interested in buying it, eventually years later, I'll be like, wow, I really wanted to read that book when it came out like seven years ago. I'll buy it and I see it at a used bookstore. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy that. And like, that's my whole system. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I personally really like Powell's, the physical location, and they have an online version. that uh, my, It's in Portland. My mom lives in Portland, so I feel like it's my local bookstore. It can be because I go there enough, and my mother lives there. Um, you can find what you need a lot there, and they have used and new books, and they have it online, uh, and it's totally independent. It's super rad. I also want to— say, um, if you are a college student, used bookstores can really be your best friend in these situations. I know uh, my brother and I both used to order through Powell's. That was like the, what we would do. You can find a lot of the books from your classes, used, um, and they're already marked up with like highlights and shit in them. So like, 
that's amazing. Someone has already gone through and done the work for you. They've hit, highlighted it. They're like, you need to know this for your test on Monday. Here you go. Um, so, I, I mean, that's another thing. Like, you don't have to buy new college books. And let me tell you, if you are in college and you're buying books, don't buy them new because they're more expensive and you're just going to sell them back anyway. You're going to sell them back to the store. You're never going to keep those. (laughs) You don't want those books 10 years later unless it's like some sort of, I don't know, maybe a medical book that makes sense because you're going to med school, maybe. But all my fucking stupid college textbooks, 90% of them I I sold back. So um, yeah, to keep in mind the used bookstore thing, when you are doing your college stuff. Is and there college anymore or did it get, did it get <laughs> ruined by coronavirus? I don't know. Well, you, you can, our, this episode is sponsored by That's true. Uh, an online college. We're just all doing it. We're doing everything online now. Yeah. Um, and we, just, we do want to reiterate folks. Yes. Does this all seem super fucking complicated and wicked frustrating and kind of stressful? Yes, absolutely. We're living in a, in a capitalist society. I think right now with all of the social move, I have, I'm not going to say change because we haven't got the legacy. We haven't even fucking come close to getting the legislation and the, like the government change that we need, but there's a big groundswell of like, uh, of desire for social change and change in our world and that is great but but the problem is we are living in a world that you know most of these companies they're not ethical they're not moral things are bad and it's it's very difficult to it's and it's designed to be difficult to keep up with you know where where those dollars are supporting there was a uh me and jeremy were really bummed out uh a few weeks ago when we found out that a restaurant we really like going to uh supports trump and like donates Mm. to the fucking republican party like it and, and was that annoying yes but it's like we it's just part like you said before it's just part of being a good literary citizen uh is finding a good place for your book buying dollars to go and it's we we share your frustration we share your anger of course it would be so nice if there was just like one easy place to do all this stuff i mean i guess the closest we have right now as far as we know is bookshop.org and that is great and i fucking hope that they're fine because i've been spending a lot of goddamn money (laughs) but we also know y'all are all doing your best which we really appreciate we know we feel like the glassers are doing such a good job but we're just giving you all the information that you might might want or need but we just love that you're out there reading through all of this Yes, and we love that you're all caring about all this stuff. And it's just one of those things where sometimes it's, it, it, it freaks you out when you sit there and go, oh my God, wait a minute, I've been buying this from this website and I have never put any thought into where that money is going. That's okay. That is like a normal thing. It is very hard to be cognizant and thinking critically about everything you do every fucking day. Yeah. We just all got to do better and we're all doing our best and we're all trying and we're really proud of everyone who listens to the show who is on board and, and, and trying to make a better world and or at least make a better book world like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we test out some very weird book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Now it's time to look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week... Wait, we do have to say thank you, everyone. Uh, Y'all have sent us a lot of stuff. We will catch up with all the stuff you've sent. We really appreciate it. We also realize we've been talking about Amazon this entire time, and we only have an Amazon wish list. So we would, if you anybody has a suggestion, which I'm sure y'all will, about things we can use that are not Amazon wish wish lists, hit us up. We want to know about these. But this was given to us from our Amazon wish list, and it's very funny. 
Go ahead, Mallory. It is definitely the funniest one we've gotten so far. So thank you to Roxanne for sending us this one. Uh, it may be the weirdest book check we've ever tested out. It is called Chip Fingers, and it's only going to get weirder from here on out. Uh, so- <laughs> and wait, Mallory, I got a different Chip Fingers than you got. We got different colors. Oh, it's just different colors? Is it the same brand? Yes. Okay. Same brand. Okay. So Chip Fingers are, they're, they're three silicone finger cover, coverings. So when you buy a package, you get three of them. And because the, there's one for your thumb, four and middle fingers. Although I guess you could use them in any kind of finger combination that you want, um, depending on a number of factors. But I use them for my thumb, four and middle fingers. Uh, and they are advertised as finger guards for food. And they're meant to protect your fingers when you're snacking. They are one size fits all. And I'm Sure that I, I'm almost certain that that is true. Sometimes one size fit all things is not true, uh, but these are silicone, so they're really stretchy. Um, they are heat resistant. They are latex free, and they're dishwasher safe. Priya is wearing them right now. Do they yours are, look like this? We have the same ones. These yes. yours look like this. Yes, okay. but mine are a teal color, and those are lime green. Yes. Okay. Great. So Priya, <laughs> what, did, what did you think of the so, chip fingers? So the point of these is you put them on. And then you don't get that chippy dust stuff that like cakes up on your fingers and then you transfer that to your the book. The flavor up, dust. And then all of a sudden you have a Dorito book. You don't want a Dorito book. And like that's <laughs> what these are going to keep you from having. Um, my review is in one word, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you <laughs> to these. <laughs> As the first book tech you have said no thank you to. No thank you, please. Um... Uh, actually, it's very funny. I'm reading Samantha Irby's book. I'll I'll steal from Samantha Irby. Wow. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> first of all, I have a problem with your one-size-fits-all philosophy. Oh, they're too big. I got little baby fingers. These are, like, they don't quite fit. They, like, hung off. Like, uh, Mallory and I are on, um, uh, like, FaceTime. But they kind of hang off of my fingers. So yeah, they don't that happened to me a little bit. Fit. It's like having a shoe that's one size too big. Yeah, or a hat that goes down over your eyeballs. You know, like, it's like <laughs> slightly too large. Fine, I can deal with it. Second, I did not like the feel because the thing is, I could never tell when I was, like, totally grasping something. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I use yes. this for not chips, but for chocolate chips, which maybe that was the problem because they are called chip fingers after all. But you did not specify which chips, and I tried chocolate. Uh, and um, I, I, de- I realized I really depend on the feel of the chip to know when it's in my hand. Yes. Does that make sense? So I'd grip the chip, yes. and the chocolate chip, and I'd be like, well, I don't. I guess there's one in my hand. So I kept like, am I holding it? Am I dropping? I dropped a lot of them in between bag and finger and uh, and mouth, bag and mouth to using the chip fingers. It did not work for me. This was not functional for me. This was a no thank you. I would I would like to pass on this. What did you think of it, Mallory? I will say I did laugh about them for an entire week when we got it them. It is very just, funny. It's very funny. It is very funny. So I did test them out on potato chips. Um my boyfriend Jeremy is from Maryland so they're obsessed with Old Bay there and as like kind of a joke his parents sent us and his brother his brother's girlfriend a, like a shitload of Old Bay crab chips so they're just like potato chips they're covered in Old Bay and we have so many of them and I was like all right I'm gonna try them out with these and they do work as intended I will say um hmm. I 
but I don't think they work as a reading aid. I will. So uh, as someone who really hates having cheese dust on my hands, I actually weirdly enjoyed these. Um, I just hate the feeling of, of like flavor dust on my hands. Uh, and if any, I, and I saw when I posted a photo of this on Twitter, I saw a few people who were like, I have really bad sensitive sensitivity issues with my hands. Like I, th- these actually are very appealing to me. Uh, and it made eating snacks less irritating, uh, I guess. But the problem, I have the same problem. The coverings make it a little tough to grab the food. Uh, I made Jeremy try them on and he hate, immediately was filled with, with hatred. Uh, and he said it was like eating a snack with astronaut gloves on. You know, yeah. it's like you can't fully grasp things. Uh, so again, for their intended purpose, they are great. Like I ate the chips. Uh, I did have a very difficult time t- realizing like when I fully had, it was like, it felt like, uh, like a claw machine trying to get the chip. Like yeah. I just kept like picking up chips and like not fully having them in my hands. Um, uh, but afterwards I took the chip when I took the chip fingers off my, my fingers, it was great. Like there was, was no, there, was there any transfer of chip dust from the chip finger product, the chip fingers to the book? Well, that's the thing. So that's it. I don't actually think they're good for reading because then, like you said, you just have chip dust on a different surface. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to try these and I think, I I can't remember, I think I'm the one who put these on the Amazon wish list because I wanted to try them as an alternative to using chopsticks Mm. uh, when you're eating flavor dusty snacks while you're reading because it's tough to use chopsticks while you, with, when you're not looking at the snack. Same problem. You're just like kind of grasping at straws here, but they had the same problem. It's difficult to use them without looking. And it's not like you can turn the page when you were wearing them. So I don't think these finger guards solve any reader problems. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you don't like having food residue on your hands and you don't want to cho- use chopsticks, they're great. Uh, Jeremy's brother hates having finger dust on his hands. And he was actually super stoked when we're giving these to him. Ch- so he chip can- dust? He hates chip dust? Yes. You said finger hates- dust, which is a whole nother oh. problem. <laughs> problem. <laughs> he-, he hates having any kind of flavor dust on his fingers uh, and was really excited. We we're actually giving them to him so he can use them permanently. We found a good home for them. Wow. I would say well, three out of five pages. You know what these could be used for? You could wear them to the grocery store during COVID and you oh. could pull your credit card and shit out with them. You can take shit off the shelf with them. I mean, it's the equivalent oh of wearing gloves. Oh my God, I gloves, didn't even think about that. Really? But here's the thing. I'm a person who wears fingerless gloves, like not, not for COVID purposes, but during the winter because I hate when I can't touch things with my fingers. I, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah. like a dirty, grubby finger person. So like, I mean, that these are just like not for me, but- for laugh purposes, I'll give them two out of five pages because they've made every person laugh who has seen them. <laughs> they are very, very funny. And I, but yeah, you know, sometimes when you're like, I'm a big fan of flaming hot Cheetos, huge flaming hot Cheetos. Sure. And fan. They, they, the worst dust, like, they're the worst culprit when it comes to chip dust. Well, especially because even after, even when you wash your hands, like your hands are kind of stained red afterwards. Yeah. They actually outlawed them happen. at my school in, in, um, in high school. You couldn't bring them into class because they were getting all over the, the seat, the desks and stuff. The, you can't get that it's residue hysterical. off. Yeah. Yeah. But these chip fingers protect you. They, I slipped them right off and it was fantastic. Like it was very, it was soothing in a sensory way not to have that dust on my fingers. But no, I do not right. think that these are a reading reading aid. Uh, but they are very funny, very, very funny and could be used for other things. Yeah, if you're a person <laughs> who does not, who could just cannot stand the dust, but I get that dust on there and I lick it right off. I love it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's part of the joy for me is getting that dust oh, and getting to eat it. the dust later. 
Ugh, no. Hate it. I don't like stuff on my hands. I'm the kind of person, it takes me fucking forever to cook things because I have to wash my hands every five seconds because I don't like anything on my hands. Oh, yeah. No. My hands smell I'm like, like a little gar- garlic for days after I cook. It's like, I just hate like, it. Yeah, I'm a mess though. I'm a mess of a human. Um, but these are oh. quite funny and I think it's a good joke gift, maybe. I don't think they were that expensive. No, I don't remember, but they, yeah, I mean, uh, again, we're giving them to my boyfriend's brother because he enjoyed them. Is going to, like, I think he's going to get a lot of use out of them. All right. Well, uh, good. So if you want us to look at some book tech, no matter how fucking weird it is, you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, you can rate and read us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. If you, I forget what was the thing, if you, someone puts it in there, put, put something in their review, we're going to read it out loud. I forget what it was, though. We promised and then we forgot. But yes, we will do it. We will. No, there's you, a specific it, thing that they were the, that we we said. Put we your were reader wheelhouse. Put your wheelhouse in there. Put your wheelhouse. Put your doghouse. Put whatever you want. And we will read it on the show if you give us a five star review on iTunes. Tr- honestly, folks, it really is super helpful for us, especially when people are looking to advertise on the show and they see, oh my gosh, they have all these reviews. That means that a bunch of people listen to them and we should give them some money, which we love because we love being able to pay our bills and feed our cats. Um, and you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks and for reading. arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor.